Hola, bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Marie. Before we get started with this episode, I have a quick question for you. What are you doing to improve your Spanish this summer? Summer is a time for vacations, for getting away, and you might even be planning on visiting a Spanish-speaking country. So it is the perfect time to improve your conversational skills because let's face it, if you've been learning Spanish for any length of time and you haven't been having regular conversations, you are going to fall behind. So this summer, we are not gonna let you do that. Here at Spanish Con Salsa, we are offering a summer boot camp. This is an eight-week boot camp that will focus on Caribbean Spanish and also Spanish grammar. So we're gonna be looking specifically at the past tense. A lot of people get confused between el imperfecto, el preterito, when do I use which one? And we're also gonna be exploring the Caribbean with Puerto Rican Spanish, Cuban Spanish, and Dominican Spanish. So you will have an opportunity opportunity to improve your Spanish and you'll also be able to attend regular conversation practice sessions facilitated by a native speaker all as a part of our Spanish fluency club this summer so if you are interested go to spanishconsalsa.com slash summer that's spanishconsalsa.com slash summer Registration is open now through Sunday. We have limited spots available. So if you're interested, I encourage you to press pause now before you listen to this episode. Scroll down to the description and click on the link or just go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash summer. Hope to see you in the boot camp. Now let's get started with this week's episode. If you've ever considered traveling to Spain or possibly moving there one day, then you definitely don't want to miss this week's episode. We talk all about navigating through the different regions of Spain, and you'll learn a lot from Kai Cesar, our guest, who's back again this week to share more about life in Spain. So we talk about everything from nightlife to Wi-Fi, and also why you should never, ever say estoy bueno, okay? So he explains that, so make sure you stick around if you've ever thought about, should I say estoy bien or estoy bueno? Kai shares why you should absolutely Never say estoy bueno. <laughs> Entonces vamos a empezar. Let's get started. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast, the show for Spanish learners that love music, travel, and culture. Close your grammar textbooks, shut down the language apps, and open your ears to how Spanish is spoken in the real world. Let us show you how to go from beginner to bilingual. Here is your host, certified language coach, Tamara Marie. Hola, bienvenidos al episodio 96. Welcome to episode 96 of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. Now, as you know, we are counting down to episode 100 of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. And you still have an opportunity if you want to leave a voice note to share with us your experience listening to the show, your number one takeaway, your favorite episode. Uh, if you just want to say congrats on episode 100, uh, then we'd love to hear from you. Just go to learnspanishconsalsa.com slash voice. And also don't forget, as we are celebrating our 100th episode... We are saying gracias, thank you, to each and every one of you by offering different opportunities for you to improve your Spanish this month. And one of those is if you sign up to be a supporter of the podcast, and you can do that at learnspanishconsalsa.com support, then we are giving away a free 
private Spanish lesson with one of our amazing coaches in the Spanish Con Salsa team. So you'll be able to get comfortable speaking Spanish because everyone on our team is super nice and super patient and they'll definitely work with you regardless of what your level is. We will get you speaking Spanish, okay? So all you have to do is sign up to be a supporter of the show by October 31st. That's in a few days. So if you're thinking about it and maybe you heard me announce it last week and you thought, oh, I'll get around to it, make sure you do it now. Go to learnspanishconsalsa.com slash support and sign up to be a supporter of the show and you'll be able to get your free one-on-one Spanish lesson. This week, you get to hear part two of my conversation with Kai Cesar from the YouTube channel Kai's Foreign Adventures where you can find out about everything and anything you want to know about moving to Spain. And it's all told from the experience of an African-American. In this week's episode, we talk about how the lifestyle and the Spanish spoken in the Canary Islands differs from that of mainland Spain, including things like access to Wi-Fi and the nightlife. Kai also shares the best place to try paella, and as I mentioned in the intro, why you should never ever say estoy bueno. Another funny thing he shares is a term in Andalusia, or as they say Andalusia, right? (laughs) (laughs) He talks about a term that they use there that I think you'll find quite hilarious, especially if you are a person of African descent, Um, it might catch you off guard. So it's a really fun conversation with Kai. I enjoyed talking to him. He has this infectious laughter uh, and he just made me want to move to the Canary Islands like yesterday. So I know you'll enjoy this conversation. So make sure you stick around to the end. And I'm also asking Kai a few questions in Espanol so you'll get to hear his Castilian Spanish accent. Here is part two of my conversation with Kai Cesar. So do you notice that you are treated uh, differently being a black person from the U.S. versus how maybe Africans are treated in Spain? Because I do know there is a lot of immigration from uh, Arab speaking countries and also from like northern Africa and Spain and that there have been some issues sort of with that cultural mix I'll say so have you noticed that people treat you differently based on where you're from or do people think that you're from Africa okay so yes there there is some difference in treatment and I've never seen I've never been treated badly and I haven't seen anyone be blatantly racist although I'm sure there are racist people that exist you know here Uh, my friends tell me that it's something very rare but I have seen xenophobia towards Arabic people and Africans and when people meet me they usually think I'm from South America they they will ask me where I'm from and then when they hear my accent they're like oh whoa you're American and there is I would say I, someone else had used this term and I agree I would say passport privilege and I think you know the times that I had problems with law enforcement when they pulled me over you know and I didn't have a driver's license and they let me go um, they saw my passport, and I I think that that was one of the reasons why um, I didn't get in trouble. But I think that if it was an African or an Arab person doing the same thing, I think they would have problems based on what I've seen. But I've never seen any violence towards anyone since I've been in Spain. Yeah, and I'm sure that must be a big change, like especially like you mentioned being pulled over. I know just just kind of hearing you say that, I almost like cringe just like for you thinking, oh, my God, you mm-hmm. got pulled over yes. by the police. <laughs> um, but I know it's it's different there. You told me from 
from how the police just kind of treat people in general, but especially being a black man from the U.S., like there is like this automatic sort of, you know, driving while black code or like we have all Mm -hmm. these things we think about and all this fear around law enforcement. But you haven't experienced it the same way in, in Spain. No. And, you know, me being put over five times, <laughs> you know, driving without a license for two years um, and never really having any issues. I can say that, um, you know, there was fear at first, but they've generally just they've helped me when I needed help. Um, and I talked to the police. They were like, OK, yeah, where do you want to go? Um, I'll take you. You know, I've never had any problems and now I don't have any fear here, but um, I do realize that there is that xenophobia towards certain people and I keep that in mind and I have to realize that I am American and they do see Americans differently than they do um, Arab people or, or people from Africa. And this is a question I also got, which I think everyone thinks about now because we can't live without Wi-Fi, right? So, like, how is the internet service there and any other, like, services that might be different than the U.S., like, I don't know, utilities, water, things like that? But how? But how is the internet? That's what everybody wants to know. Is there 5G? <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, okay. It's funny you mentioned that, too, because yesterday I did another video about this topic, and I haven't edited this video either because people have asked me the same question. So, okay, it's, the internet is good depending on where you are, okay? Um, And depending on the company. So when I was in Madrid, I didn't have any issues with the internet. It was fast speeds, no, no problem whatsoever, okay? Then I moved to the Canary Islands. When I was in the north of the island, the internet was good. I could watch Netflix, I could work, it was really fast. Now I'm living in the center of the island. The internet at first was horrible. They had to install fiber optic and all these other types of things because the internet was basically like dial-up. It was horrible. And so there was a company that offered uh, me a free trial for three months. And I tried this company. I'm still using this company. and. It sucked. Now it's better, but I miss the original company that I had. So I'm in the process of seeing if I can switch. But in my experience, it really depends on where you are in Spain. Some places are much better than others. Oh, so it's, it sounds similar to the U.S. then, right? Because if you're out in a, more of a rural area, I know, I remember a few years ago when we first got fiber optics, there were some places that, that still had dial-up, kind of like you mentioned. So I guess it's just the, mm-hmm. the price you pay for living in an island, I guess, no? <laughs> yeah, well, and where you are on the island, too, it makes a big difference. So let's talk a little bit about the language now, too, because I know in Canary Islands, the Spanish is a little bit different, and I haven't been over there myself, and one day I hope to to travel again. So tell us a little bit about the Canary Islands and you know how you ended up settling there and, and how is it different from like Barcelona or, or Madrid or Andalusia? Okay, well, I was offered a teaching job and that's the only reason why I came here. There was an academy that needed an English teacher really, really bad and they found my resume and they called me and they said, yeah, we have um, an apartment for you, don't worry. And I said, sure, why not? And when I came, it was very, very different. It's basically like Spain, but with a Latin flavor. There are lots of South American people here, and the Spanish is very, very similar to Caribbean Spanish. So it's like Cuban, um, Puerto Rican, 
Dominican, Spanish, it's almost the same. And I felt like I wasn't in Spain anymore. It was so different. Traveling from each island because there's, I've been to five of the islands and each island is different. It's like, it looks different. They use different vocabulary and just the feel is different. So the island that I'm on, it's kind of like a desert, but it has the best beaches out of all the other islands. But then you have other islands that are very green. Some have um, cities and some don't. But I would say here it's very beautiful. If you like a very quiet life, the Canary Islands is the best. But if you, you know, you like that city life, if you like busyness, you probably won't like the Canary Islands. Probably more like Barcelona or Madrid where they have more nightlife, right? Yeah, or Malaga or um, Seville, something. Yeah, one of these places where they have more of a, of a nightlife. So, but I like it. You mentioned sort of when we first started talking that you had wanted to learn Spanish and that friend had mentioned to you about becoming an English teacher and, and moving abroad and that would help you learn. Now, mm-hmm. I know some people say that immersion is the best way to learn a language because you basically sink or swim. It's like survival. <laughs> um, you've got to figure out how to say things. And But you also mentioned that, you know, talking to some locals that you, you got creative, right? Use hand gestures and things like that. So uh-huh. <laughs> from your experience, right, just kind of, it sounds like it was total immersion for you. Did you prepare it all beforehand? Did you learn some Spanish before? And then how was like that immersive experience for your for your Spanish proficiency? Oh, good question. So before I came to Spain, I only knew how to say hola, como estas? Uno, dos, tres. That was it. And <laughs> that was it. And so I was lucky because I always ended up in places where there were no English speakers. And it wasn't on purpose. It was just by circumstance. And when I told you about uh, my friend who spoke five languages, you know, I lived with her in this little town outside of the city center and everyone spoke Spanish and Catalan, the other language that's spoken in, in Catalonia. And she told me, well, you need to learn Spanish. So she would take little notes and she would put them on objects. So that way I would see them when I come out. So the table, it would say mesa. Um, the chair would say silla. And if I needed something from her, she would make me ask for it in Spanish. And so when I had um, a little base from her, I would go out and start meeting people. And I would say, okay, I only want to speak Spanish. And it, it was very difficult, but it was like sink or swim because if I had to go to the bank or go to the doctor or anything, I had to speak Spanish. So sometimes when I meet people that are foreigners and they've lived here for 15 years, they don't speak Spanish, I don't know how they survive because I have to speak Spanish every single day. I don't have an expat bubble to live in. And when I look back on that, I'm actually very happy because it's very easy to fall into that trap where, okay, well, this person comes from my country and we can just speak English. And if you do that, it's even more difficult to learn. And I feel like it's a wasted opportunity if you live here and you don't, you know, you don't learn the language. Yeah. And I mean, I know in the U.S. too, there's there's a lot of communities of what is funny because the word expat, I think, is relegated to a certain class of people. That's a whole other story. Um, but we definitely have immigrant communities here. We wouldn't call them expat communities, but we... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where uh, where people, you know, if you live in, in one particular part of town uh, or you have family and you have community, 
you can get by in some places without ever having to learn to learn English. So it is really interesting that you mentioned that you don't have that bubble there, which yeah. I think is, is good in a way because it forces you to have to learn a language. But I have to ask you, so you had this experience where you had someone that sounds like they were really helping you, mm-hmm. um, but did you ever make any any mistakes or have any any issues oh. where something got lost in translation and oh you were my like, goodness oh man <laughs> yes oh so many times so many times i made um embarrassing mistakes for example when i was working here in in the school my boss she spoke english she spoke english german and spanish and um i would always speak to her in English, but she she forced me to speak to her in Spanish because she said it was too comfortable. And um, one day she said, "Hola, buenos días, cómo estás?" And I wanted to say "estoy bien," but I said "estoy bueno," which has a sexual connotation. And she laughed like and she said, "Yes." And she said, "Oh my goodness, Kai, no!" And I said, "What?" And she explained it to me, and I said, "Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed." <laughs> But it's how you learn. <laughs> yeah. So for our listeners that don't that don't know, explain explain what the difference was. Like if you say estoy bueno versus estoy bien, because it's a common mix up, right, for English speakers. Because bien and bueno, like for us, well mm-hmm. or good. Yeah. In English, is really interchangeable. But yeah, explain that connotation so folks don't don't miss that one. <laughs> so when you say estoy bien, it's literally I'm fine. You know, I'm good. But when you say estoy bueno, it's like you're good but in a sexual way you're you know what i mean you're you're ready to do something <laughs> sexual you're very hot i'm good and ready i'm good and ready yeah right now yes but i i made plenty of mistakes like this in the past well, yeah, but that is how you learn, and I'm sure you would never mix those up again, right? After no. You had okay, entonces ahora tengo como dos o tres preguntas en español vale. para ti. Uno es, ¿cuál es tu canción favorita en español? Una canción en español. Hmm, es una buena, buena pregunta. Me gusta una canción, se llama No Quiero Levantar. Es una canción antigua. Y me encanta esta canción porque en Madrid, cuando yo estaba con mis amigos en, en la discoteca, he escuchado esta canción y yo estaba muy borracho. Y yo digo, oh, no quiero levantarme tampoco. No, no. Y mis amigos se rieron y yo digo, ¿qué? ¿Qué ha pasado? ¿Qué ha pasado? Y yo podía hablar español mejor por, por el alcohol. Sí. Y por eso es, es mi canción favorita. <risa> Qué buena memoria. <risa> sí, sí. <risa> ¿Y tienes una palabra o dicho eh, que, tiene, que tienen en España que no tenemos en Estados Unidos? ¿Puede ser una palabra en español que no tenemos en inglés o un dicho o refrán que, que dicen en, en, en España? Hmm. Sí, bueno, en Andalucía... Cuando alguien está muy enfadado, ellos dicen, oh, estoy negro. Y cuando he escuchado esta frase por primera vez, yo digo, pero eres blanco, no entiendo. Y mi amigo me dijo, no, Kai, estoy negro uh, aquí. Es cuando estás muy enfadado por algo, no sé. Alguien ha dicho algo o estás muy enfadado aquí. No decimos, 
estoy enfadado. Decimos, estoy negro. Y yo digo, esto no tiene, no tiene sentido. No entiendo. Solo en Andalucía. Eh, eh, sí, en las Islas Canarias, ellos no entienden esta frase. Pero es, es muy popular en, en Andalucía. Wow, qué raro. Es algo que hay que aprender, ¿no? Las sí. diferencias. Pero mira, yo soy negra todo el tiempo. No entiendo, ¿no? Sí. <risa> Qué raro. Sí. Um, ¿Y tienes un plato favorito en, de España o un plato favorito en general? Oh, tengo un montón. Bueno, mi plato favorito es samorejo. En, es como gazpacho, pero tiene huevos y el color es un poco diferente. Es un poco rojo, pero es un plato común en Andalucía y me encanta. Y también me gusta paella marisco porque paella es parecido con jambalaya en Estados Unidos y por eso me encanta. Pero me encanta marisco y hay un, hay un plato se llama paella con conejo. Yo quiero probar esto, pero todo el mundo me dijeron que necesito probarlo en Valencia y no conozco Valencia, pero algún día voy a viajar por ahí para que yo pueda probarlo. Yo he oído que hay cosas como, hay, hay tipos de paella uh -huh. que tiene que probar en, en un, una ciudad o otro, ¿no? Es, sí. es algo como diferente tipo de paella, no sé. Sí hay, sí, hay muchos tipos, pero Valencia es el sitio donde ellos tienen la mejor paella. Porque paella es de Valencia. Y los valencianos dicen, oh, ¿has probado paella en Madrid o um, Fuerteventura? No, no, no. Necesitas venir aquí para probar paella de verdad. Otra pregunta. Si tú no tuvieras que trabajar, ¿qué harías con el tiempo adicional? Uf, es una buena pregunta. Bueno, yo no sé por qué... Cuando yo llegué a España y yo sé que yo quería enseñar inglés porque yo no, yo no hablaba español y todo el mundo me, me, me dijo inglés es más fácil para ti porque hablas el idioma y si tú no hablas español es muy difícil para trabajar en otro sitio. Y creo que si eres un extranjero y hablas solo inglés, creo que para enseñar inglés es más fácil. Por, por ejemplo, tengo un amigo, él es de Inglaterra y él lleva en Fuerteventura 15 años y me dijo al principio, él no hablaba español tampoco, pero él trabajaba en un hotel y él me dijo, sí, era muy difícil, pero él hablaba inglés y en el hotel los turistas eran ingleses. Para él era más fácil, pero él me dijo que él cree que es más fácil para enseñar inglés porque no necesitas hablar español. Así que es, es un poco difícil, pero si no tuviera trabajo, uff, yo no sé. ¿Quieres viajar o qué? Sí, yo quiero ver más de Europa porque yo conozco solo España, Inglaterra y Gibraltar. Pero me gustaría viajar a Francia, Italia, 
Portugal, sí, otros sitios, pero en este momento es muy difícil porque hay coronavirus y los españoles no pueden viajar en cualquier sitio. Quizás en el año que viene. Bueno, entonces gracias. Thank you, Kai, for uh, sharing some time with us here on the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast and your experience living in Spain. If folks want to get in touch with you and they want to check out your YouTube channel, how can they find you on social media? My YouTube channel is Kai's Foreign Adventures. And if you wanted to, if you want to find me on Instagram, my name is Kai C, like Casa. 1983 and I do have people that will send me messages they watch a video they have questions they find me on um, Instagram and that's totally okay so <laughs> feel free good and also put a link to that in the show notes so if you want to get in touch with Kai you want to reach out you want to watch some of his very informative videos before you move to Spain um, we'll include that in the show notes uh, of this episode so that you can check all of that out as well Gracias, Kai. Oh, gracias a ti. Que tengas un buen día. Igualmente. Muchas gracias. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kai. And if you're thinking about visiting Spain or possibly moving there one day, make sure you check out his YouTube channel. I will be including a link to that in the show notes for this episode. So you can just go to learnspanishconsalsa.com slash 96. That's learnspanishconsalsa.com slash 96. Or you can click on the link in the description uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you just scroll down and click on the description, you'll see a link as well to our show notes page. So we'll be linking up his YouTube channel and also how to get in touch with him on Instagram if you have some further questions about all things Spain. I hope you're enjoying our Black Expat series so far. We will be bringing you more stories in the future from expats that live in other countries. But next week, we'll be getting back to my favorite thing to do, which is to share another one of my favorite salsa songs. And I will be doing a breakdown of the lyrics as well. So make sure you tune in next week. If you haven't already subscribed, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We publish a new episode every Tuesday morning. So if you want to be the first one to know about it, make sure that you are subscribed so that you will see each and every new episode in your podcast feed. And don't forget, if you sign up by October 31st to be a supporter of the show, you'll get a free Spanish lesson. And that's a one-on-one -on -one lesson from one of the coaches on our Spanish Con Salsa team, our amazing, amazing team of coaches that are all native Spanish speakers that will help you get comfortable speaking Spanish. So just go to learnspanishconsalsa.com slash support, sign up by October 31st, and you'll be able to get that free lesson. As always, I hope something that you heard in today's episode has helped you go one step closer from Spanish beginner to bilingual. Hasta la próxima. Thank you for listening to the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com. 